Podcast. 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 Are we saying podcast? Welcome back. Welcome back to Fanboys and a Filthy Casual. Back at you once again. As usual, this is Dennis. This is Lewis. And Dennis, are you using my mic stand? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. You have any problem with that? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. So why is it that when uh, Lewis was trying to get validation, you were like all mum about it, and then you you see me doing this, all of a sudden you're like, oh look at me, I'm Harold. No, because it's 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 uh we just again need to for our audience to recognize that unfortunately this week we are not in the same room, unlike last week, um just because uh stuff. So yeah. Little things like that I can actually notice because through my screen I see, like I was telling our other member of our podcast that I bought her a mic stand for when she returns back to our podcast. But uh, unfortunately for her, I am the only one that has a red microphone stand. So because sadly, are, I can. You are the pro. Because I'm the douchebag that was like, if we're all getting microphone stands, I'm getting one that stands out. Oh, don't worry. I'm going to put like a, um, um, a Hello Kitty uh, um, like you stickers on mine or something. I'm gonna bedazzle mine. There you I go. told Chris she can. Yeah, I told Chris she can uh, design her stand when she gets in, which whenever I think might be our next episode. Next possibly, episode might possibly. Be, that should be it. Yeah, yeah. Well, so for we'll those see. people who are listening here and you're like, wait a minute, I um, I, I'm this is the first time I'm listening to you guys, and the only thing you're talking about are your microphones. Um, no, it is not a phallic <laughs> thing that we're doing. Um, we are actually. <laughs> Podcast uh, that, that talks about pop culture and stuff. Um, so uh, thank you very much. If this is your first time listening to this, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, we're going to start our day off with our first segment. We call it Poopery because there's a lot of stuff that happens um, every single week. And we kind of want to talk about the things that interest us every single day. So, um, Harold, I think you're going to start us off with something really obscure and nobody else knows about, right? No, it's something that's kind of um I don't know if it's it, it was trending in on the Netflix on the Netflix God, on the it. Netflix <laughs> on the <laughs> Netflix. and I'm the one that was born in America ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> it was trending on Netflix and it's actually been trending on the internet for, for the past week and a half since it's been out. And um the thing is a they call it a comedy special. It's from a comedian named Bo Burnham who is a uh, semi-popular stand-up comedian um and he created his own special called inside uh the reason it's called inside is because the entire special takes place inside his house or his uh living space and it's a the, the reason it's been trending is because it's a stand-up special quote-unquote stand-up special and he did all the production in house. So you see from the beginning him buying all the equipment and like what's necessary for him to put on a show. And then you see him like testing out stuff and it's like, oh, how is this gonna work in uh in accordance to how I want the show to go? And uh Bo Burnham is one of those comedians that does like the uh comedic songs, kinda like he calls himself the uh modern day weird al, except he does uh, original music and it's basically for the whole entire length of pandemic. So for the whole year, he's inside his house, basically just creating his own one-man show. 
which includes like music and then some kind of jokes and then like a lot of uh, different visual stuff. And the reason it's been trending is because of the fact that people are confused whether it's a comedy special, a music special, or a deep dive into what pandemic depression looks like. Because literally at the beginning, it's like, oh, you know, here's some fun stuff. And then it gets really dark really fast. And you, like, for me, I was never really his biggest fan. I, I appreciated some of the stuff he's done, but, like, he was literally that guy that was, they um, anointed him the next big thing when he just turned 18. And then, you know, things didn't really pan out, like, uh, comedy superstar-wise for this guy. But, man, just watching his thought process from like you know the idea of the show to to uh try the execution of the show and then all of his you know internal feelings coming out and him actually sharing it with some of the stuff is really what's been uh turning people to watch it so yeah it's just it's it's fascinating in what it is and that it's it's like a an experiment of to what um, some people had to go through when they were trying to be creative in pandemic. So if you guys are ever curious into seeing it, it's a rough watch. I'm not going to lie. Some of the songs are very funny. Uh, you know, it, it, he has some great bits about like um, uh, the, like the thing that we went into last week where we talked about our very first stream, like gaming streams. So he does like a bit about gaming streams, but it's generally, you know, um, people following him through his songs and his songs are pretty clever. They're pretty fun. And then just some of the stuff where it's like, oh, dude, I can't believe he's actually talking about this stuff out loud. And it just the creative process, seeing him like testing out things where you're like, oh, I didn't know how he ever uh, was able to create that shot. And then him seeing him create the shot, it's it's pretty fantastic. And if you have the stomach for it, <clears throat> if, if you like creative um, uh, outlets, and you, but you really want to see what how because you know one of the biggest um entertainment things that was uh pretty much destroyed by the pandemic was the stand-up uh profession because stand-up comedians were real we really need an audience and they needed people to because from a lot of people it's like the reason they do stand-up comedy is so they can get an immediate reaction to whatever story or whatever joke that they tell and not getting those, not getting, being able to tour, not being able to like uh, go out and do or perform was very devastating to a lot of people. So uh, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a hard look, but it's very interesting. Lou, were you able to uh, take a look at it yet? Yeah, actually. So today, Harold, you know, threw it out there saying that it was trending and I didn't notice that as well. So, yeah, I, I took a dive. Um, I'm not as, you know, uh, well, uh, well knowledgeable with comedians as Harold is. So uh, Bo Burnham is a name that's kind of been on the peripheral, but I've never actually sat down and watched any of his specials. So today was actually the first time I actually saw his stuff. So I'm not sure if it really helped it or hurt it, not knowing what the context of his comedy is. But I guess you're right. It's very like weird Al. Like it's a lot of catchy songs and you can't help but like tap your toes to it. But it does get kind of dark. You're right. Um, the the fact of the fact that it is, you know, he, he, the first thing he says was the fact that he has no audience. It's all him. It was like 
pretty like experimental, I guess, in a sense. I guess like this last year, if any, would have been the perfect time to try to pull something off like this. If everything else was normal, you know, I don't, I can't, I can't imagine like uh, you know, Dave, Dave Chappelle doing something like that in front of his, uh, in his living room and all that stuff. So yeah, it's, it was funny though, dude. Like I'm, I'm glad Harold recommended him. Like I, I know this, like I said, this is kind of my first entry into his comedy. I'm looking forward to watching his old stuff. Like, I, I kind of want to see how he does interact with a crowd and all that good stuff in, in normal circumstances. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, one of it, like, one of the uh, weirder, but funny ones was like he did a reaction video. So it's kind of, it was very meta for if, uh, if you're listening to the podcast. Like, it's very, like, uh, there's a lot of meta text, uh, meta text to his comedy, I thought. Like, he did a, a, a reaction video, and then he did a reaction video to that reaction video. And it's like watching a YouTube of like, a screen, a picture, and picture, and picture, and picture, and picture, and picture. Yeah, you, you, you got to see it uh, to to even understand what I'm talking about. But yeah, uh, thanks for the recommendation, H. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, like I said, I think that's that's the best thing you can do right now. Is that you know, if if I liked the for this comedy, then I can kind of hopefully backtrack and see all of this other stuff. Sounds really interesting. Um, I definitely um, I've I've seen a couple of Bodernum uh, um, like clips um just randomly but um something definitely i'd, I'd want to check out so if you, you guys are listening uh please check that out um i want to jump in um i think um i think we kind of mentioned this uh, while we were talking and i think this was like a week ago um i, I wanted to bring up um uh, were you guys able i think it was harold that, uh, that showed it to me but you guys were able to watch the uh the trailer for um the the new movie the um the roadrunner the um, of um, film about Anthony Bourdain, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That um, was intense. But yes, yeah. go ahead. Dan. Well, my favorite part there, like, um, and for those people who don't know what I'm talking about, um, you know, I, Anthony Bourdain. We actually have an episode which you might want to check out um, in our um, in our past episodes. We kind of did a tribute to Anthony Bourdain because Bourdain, um, you know, was one of those people that actually had a great impact in our lives, um, especially considering the th- the three of us um, have done our own. You know, not as intensive as Tony Bourdain, of course, but we have done our own, um, you know, uh, travels and everything. And what was interesting is there's the, the there's a line that really haunted me at the beginning, and, and it was so powerful. It said like, you know, I think the line, and I'm, I'm, I'm just like paraphrasing the the phrase went, uh, it went, um, you know, you you most like, and it's somebody that sounds like Anthony Bourdain. Um, it kind of says, you know, um, you, you're probably going to hear about this. So this is here's some preemptive like uh, truth telling. There's no happy ending. And I'm like, Oof. where did they a where did they get that audio and be interesting enough that that is the start to your trailer? Because, you know, if we all if you if you're a fan of Anthony Bourdain, you know what happened. Uh, tragically, unfortunately, he took his life, um, you know, and it's going to be interesting for me to watch it. So um, I, I wanted to get your opinion, guys, uh, something that uh, um, I know it's that um, it's coming out. I don't think it's a streaming thing. It's actually coming out uh, in movie theaters first. Um, so my, my my question to you for Poopery is, is that something that you guys actually would want to watch like uh, on in the movies or is that something that you wait for a streaming? I personally think I might have to wait till streaming, dude. Because, I mean, I know obviously 
like you mentioned already, like, you know, unfortunately how his story ends as, as optimistic and as, as lovely as a human being he was when he was alive. Like it's, it, it seems a little tragic and not exactly something I would go to the theaters to, enjoy, to, to, to enjoy, but yeah, I, I love that the story is being told. Like it's gonna be rough. I can already see that that happening. Um, you, we've all seen documentaries where we know, you know, maybe a, a a person passes, or we know that's gonna happen. But you know, those are those are maybe they they pass in natural circumstances or whatnot. So you know, Mr. Bourdain's passing was obviously tragic and out of nowhere for for uh, for a lot of his fans. But I don't know. Um, the the trailer itself was like interesting and intriguing, and like you said already, then we love the guy. So, yeah, I, I'd love to support it maybe on streaming or something like that in a future venue. Um, I think we all know that I have an affinity for documentaries and I'm like, yeah. my fascination with autobiographies are, I don't know what the, <laughs> I don't know what the, uh, the reasoning for that is, but I went to watch Won't You Be My Neighbor in theaters because especially if it's a an autobiography subject done really well and like i i think the director is someone i think someone who oh, the, he was a, he was actually the director of Won't You Be My Neighbor yes he is so i oh, know okay, okay. i already know the quality Morgan of the film that i'm going if i remember right yeah all right uh, yeah and um the quality of the, i already know what he he can bring to the table to a documentary and to a beloved subject like he was able you're able to see that they stay um unbiased towards the 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 um the subject and just really give you just uh pretty much the uh the truth in what the events that uh you know everybody experienced um what's different between that once you've been my neighbor and this is that Fred Rogers passed away about 20 semi years ago, almost 30 years ago. This is a man who took his own life less than pretty much three years ago. And so the subject is very fresh and it's very still in people's minds. Like he's a guy who literally before he passed away was still a person of interest. Like people still followed him. He, he still had his show, you know, people very like, they're always going to be big fans of him. And now you have that, subject in a brand new documentary that for me is uh theater worthy so i'll probably you know like when i went to watch once you be my neighbor it was like a late night on a saturday there's only like three this sounds like i was watching something nasty but anyway <laughs> like saturday night lonely theater well technically now that theater no longer exists because i watched it at a pacific theater so probably i have to catch it somewhere else now but yeah i'm down you done yeah, um, I think that's definitely something that I'm going to be going to. Um, I don't know. Um, um, normally, uh, not my cup of tea, like uh, going to movie theaters, but I think especially um, I finally had an opportunity to watch um, the Won't You Be My Neighbor, and I think um, it's definitely something I would love to see. Um, so who knows? Maybe it's one of the first movies we're going to watch that's actually like, not something that you rent out or who knows maybe we get to rent it out for uh, for that who knows um lou do you have It'd be uh, weird if we watch? rented it out only two of us watched it yeah <laughs> like 50 dollars a ticket uh we could have paid so much <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
would have been a very intense one. And uh, for me, so this last actually for today, uh, so this whole week, Netflix has had a gimmicky little. Uh, you know, a week of geeky stuff that they've been uh, either announcing or dropping trailers for. And one of the ones that, you know, Dennis got brought up and we've been able to share on our Facebook page and our other social medias has been the first a- actual like look at He-Man or Masters of the Universe Revelations. So this is the Kevin Smith project that he's been working with uh, with Mark Bernard and a few other people on uh, Netflix. We got we got like a minute and a half for a two minute long trailer. So what did you guys think of that, dude? Uh, I, I really thought it was the, the 80s again, dude. Um, it, yeah, it was, it exactly. Was, it was really nostalgic, but at the same time, um, it's it's interesting to see, like, um, you know, admittedly, I was a fan of He-Man, but um, I didn't know how much of a fan, like, um, uh, you know, uh, Kevin Smith was. Because from what I understand, it's a continuation, not just of the actual um, of of the actual TV show. I think of the comic books and and, and everything also. So it's you know it's not a new um, it's not a new here's um, here's Prince Adam and he's going to become He Man. There there's a starting point. Uh, there was an ending point for the stories of He Man and Masters Universe. And uh, as a huge fanboy that he is, he just decided to take. Um, you know, take that and and go running with it. So, um, really interested, really um, looking forward to it. Um, I actually went to Target today to see if they have any uh, merch yet. Um, no, <laughs> of course, no merch did. yet. Uh, <clears throat> hey, oh. No merch yet, but you still do have um, the the He Man, Skeletor, and Battle Cat are still taunting me uh, tr- for for me to drop like seventy dollars for all three. But I, I've been uh, I've been saying no to it, but I'm I'm so tempted right now. But yeah, I'm definitely interested. Definitely wanted to uh, want to uh, see how it's uh, how it's going to turn out. You know what's funny is like um, yeah, I saw the trailer as soon as it came out. And obviously, we were there when Kevin Smith made the the, the uh, announcement that he was doing the Master of the Universe. We were in the audience when he did that at the uh, Fat Man Beyond podcast. And uh, my thing was pretty much the same thought that I've always had in that finally, Prince Adam looks a lot different than He-Man. Yes. Like, uh, yeah, you're right. Like, they didn't even Clark Kent it with, like, you know, before... I was like, ah, oh, Prince Adam, he wears a pink shirt and he has a undershirt. And He-Man got no shirt and he has a metal vest or like a metal X on his chest. And it's like, oh, yeah, they're totally different dudes. Now, it's like Prince Adam, skinny Prince Adam, like a little kind of a wiener Prince Adam. And it's like, oh, you can kind of believe that they're two separate characters. Like before, yeah, I know that the whole belief was like, oh, it's like suspension of belief. Like, ah, eh, they're just characters, whatever. But now it just makes it more believable. And then I read the thing where Kevin Smith just talked about it, re- like probably like a few hours ago on Twitter, where he was like, the most hated character in the He-Man universe has always been Orko. And I've always been like, oh, you know, as a kid, you know, because when we grew up, that's that's like our age range, I guess. <clears throat> and I never hated him because, you know, like a little wizard that wore a ninja mask you know kind of deal like that but he's like yeah adults hated him they they hated them now and they hate him they were hating him this whole time <clears throat> and now for this version apparently he's some kind of magical badass and he like i think his little clip is him like breaking through a little bit of a 
dimensional portal and i was like oh he's got these new powers so i he told he said in the interview that his goal is to try to make orko as popular as battle cat so we'll see how well he succeeds in that that's a pretty good challenge because you're right like battle cats uh he's pretty up there with like with 80s icons of like you know everybody loves uh the the heroes and their vehicles so that's a pretty uh high standard but yeah that's exciting to hear what what were you saying dennis good i don't know um i i've never i was never a fan of uh battle cat i was more of a fan of cringer (laughs) two totally different characters which is good yeah because one uh, is you know cringer (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah. So the, the the aesthetics of the cartoon look great. Like I'm such I, I, I've been a big fan of how Netflix has been kind of have their. I don't, they don't. I don't think they have their own animation house. I know that they have a lot of vendors or a lot of different producers do their cartoons for them. But I know that they have like a pretty solid aesthetic that they kind of go for. Like uh, they have and and they have a pretty solid track record, if I'm not mistaken. Like I love like Castlevania just wrapped a few like uh, a few weeks ago. Great series and this looks just to be in that same vein it looks very well made well thought out well well uh well done so and, and then um while you guys are uh what do you call it? I, I looked up the cat the voice cast it's pretty solid too i'm actually pretty surprised at the kind of i mean obviously we have mark hamill as skeletor um like harold i think said a few episodes ago like that's the beauty of mark hamill is that like he doesn't sound like anyone in particular like he has a, a pretty solid range so like his skeletal like you can still tell it's mark hamill but he's not mark hamill like playing the joker again or or luke skywalker so yeah and then like lena he- uh lena Heaty from from game of thrones um justin long and alicia silverstone so i'm like good for them and of all people we got kevin conroy we got batman as merman of all hey, people who's justin like, long playing uh just is playing roboto oh. so i don't I, that's a that's kind of a deep dive because i don't remember which one he is but oh, he's, I mean, the, he's the rob uh, robot guy gotcha oh, he's the guy that can't dodge dodgeballs mm-hmm. <laughs> he's yeah thank you but he's, um, he's, he's the, the big fan of galaxy quest <laughs> He's He's Johnny loves Chachi, yes. Uh, but like, and uh, well, but besides the aesthetic, like uh, like you guys brought up, like it's great that Adam d- looks different from He Man. Um, I got, I love how, yeah, like the look is still the same, like as corny as they could. It could have been with like, I, I mean, what do you? It's not even loincloths. I guess yeah, they're like they're wearing like puffy briefs no, and like dude, little halter tops. Dude, but they, they make were it work, able to so, like. <laughs> They were able to find more muscles on He-Man than than, <laughs> than previously existed. It's amazing, dude. Like I was, he has I was looking at it going, man, he is a He-Man. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's only it's not redundant when it's him, dude. <laughs> he is was all this, man. Was this always going to be an inevitability? Dep- uh, I mean, based on the fact that Shira was so the Shira reboot was so successful. Yeah, that's I think a good like, question. He, you you would think so, but it looks compl- it looks like Shira went the complete opposite of what this looks like it's going for, you know. Absolutely. Like, 
Like, if, uh, you know, Shira went for, you know, a woman empowerment and representation uh, and everything. And this looks like let's put more muscles uh, even on Tila and, uh, and, and and let's just have everything explode around them. So I, I think it, it they went total opposite of this. Like, I mean, yeah, it's like they put testosterone on He-Man, and and he, he's like a He-Manlier or something. I don't know. <laughs> so you're saying his uh, steroids came with a side of testosterone? Yes, Jeez, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of, yeah, speaking of Tila, they got Sarah Michelle Gellar to play Tila on this show. So I'm like, that's awesome. Like, so the trailer, unfortunately, we didn't get to hear a lot of uh, voice work, per se. We all, we obviously saw a lot of the animation, so that looks top-notch. But, yeah, we haven't really had a chance to see any of the, uh, here, I'm sorry, hear any of the voice actors besides Skeletor and He-Man himself. But, uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to how they pull it off or how it comes off. I know, I think, uh, from what I understand, there's only eight or nine episodes, which will be a really solid binge when that comes out this summer. So, looking forward to that. Okay, well, it sounds good. Um, I think that should be it for our um, yeah. our poopery. I got one. I got one more thing. I just thought it'd be an interesting topic, just to really quickly talk about. Yeah, um, have you guys the, heard for, about? For our fans, you can see how prepared and detailed we are in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's poopery. We poop on it. Um, have you guys? You guys heard that they're doing some kind of a uh, an offshoot series for a character in the Scooby Doo universe? No. Mm, hold on, hold on. Who would it be? Who are they? Is it old man McGillicuddy? <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not. But um, they're doing a new series called Vilma. Velma. Nice. Really? Nice. Um, Dude, producer. this could go so many ways. Please <laughs> go here, on. Here's the, here's the thing, and this is, the as usual, the controversy because everybody loves it. Um, it's produced and created by Mindy Kaling. Okay, I'd like okay, it so far. Okay, okay, okay. And she right off the bat said that Vilma, Vilma. I keep saying Vilma because it's <laughs> it's a very Filipino name. <laughs> but, are, you just sure, are you sure you were born here in America? <laughs> I, I have an Auntie Vil. That's what we call her. But so the thing is that the Vilma character will be portrayed. As Asian American, maybe East Asian American, or oh, uh, sorry, Southeast Asian American. <laughs> really okay, okay. interesting. So, okay. as usual, people saw the news. Oh no! They it's supposed to be played by a Chinese character, a, a character actor. No, it's it hasn't been cast yet. They're still trying to decide, but the controversy remains. Vilma. A white character, mm-hmm. according to them. Well, so you, you know, can't change things because you know that's how ah, it's supposed to be. That's well, curious. Uh, again, it's it's not the first time they, they they've done this. Uh, there's already been a Velma character that was that was well, that was Asian, was it? Was it the Scooby Doo, yeah. the one with uh with Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar? Wasn't she Asian? No, that was uh, Linda Cardellini, and she oh. is hot. Oh no no. Okay, you are yeah, Italian American. You're right, but there is, I, I but there is a version. Was. I've seen pictures of it. Yes, okay. I'm not sure which version or where that ever existed, but the pictures mm. and the film exist because people were literally like spamming it, and but they were like, yeah, but 
in the original cartoon and the original movies, she's always been portrayed as a Caucasian. And then people were like, they're like, oh, the low hanging fruit. They're going to talk about the fact that, oh, because she's Asian, that's why she can't keeps losing her glasses because she has small eyes. Oh, no. Well, she was smart. Yeah. She's very good at math. I know. Very good at math. Come on, people. Um, add add two plus two. People South. Oh, they can't because they're not Asian. Yeah. Now here's here's the other question. Um, um, I thought there was gonna be a this, uh, is there a secondary controversy? No, that's it. Because um, because I think um, that's a legal yeah, use. I guess there, there's been references to. Um, Velma being, you know, being uh, a LGBTQ plus character. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah I mean, I actually thought that you were gonna go with the fact that there is a niche audience. This is the second episode in the row. We're gonna use that word. Um, that like, what was uh, what was it that your brother introduced us to years ago? Rule thirty, rule thirty something, where like Velma is one of the most like objectified of the Scooby Doo gang. So it's like, is it like, is it like, are we trying to grab for low hang fruit? Because, you know, for, uh, Daphne, I guess, is kind of played like the blonde with the short hair. But everybody now digs girls with the glasses and the smarts and stuff like that. So like, hey, maybe that's uh, maybe that I thought that's what you were going to go for, Dan. But yeah, I think the other, th- the other thing is uh, could be there, too. Here's the thing that I find interesting, though, is the controversy is the f- ethnicity over anything else yeah like yeah like maybe even if they made her a caucasian woman and she had been uh, a lesbian or lgbtq plus people i think more people would have been like at least the vocal majority on the internet would have been fine with that but the fact that now we change her ethnicity because that's the thing that is not changeable that's the part that's not supposed to be malleable. It's like, yeah, you can do anything you want with a character, but she must remain a Caucasian. So, now, what if we made Freddie into Asian, but we get uh, Henry Golding to play Freddie? Would nobody would, would be, complain? Would there be complaints? <laughs> that is- that is perfect casting, by the way. <laughs> we're we're just wow. gonna put Henry Golding in everything. Everything. <laughs> Here's if we're going stunt casting that way, I think the perfect Freddy would be uh, uh Jason Mendoza from uh, uh the Good Place, because he plays an idiot better than anybody else. Because <laughs> Freddy. But apparently he's hot. <laughs> well, yeah, he's hot. Here, here's the funny part, H. The, the like, when did Freddy all of a sudden become like? Like the the, the idiot of the, of the of the whole thing, dude. When when Freddie Prince Jr. portrayed him. <laughs> oh, that's true. Because <laughs> like he was fine up until like pretty, like he's always been oblivious. It's like yeah, you know, I'm I'm a football jock who ha- who's always wearing a football helmet, but it's actually my hair, and it's like oh, you know, everything's fine, everything's hunky dory, and then Freddie Prince comes in and he's like yeah, moron. <laughs> Like when Shaggy was smarter than Freddie, you know, there's an issue with the show. So, yeah. Well, I blame, I blame Freddie. I, Freddie, yeah. Freddie Prince Jr. There you go. That's the name. Yeah. Okay. Good old so, secondary um, FPJ. Any, anything else before we move on? <laughs> no, I think okay, that's all cool. I got. 
Um, so this week, uh, this past week, um, the fanboys had an opportunity to do something that um, we've only done once, uh, which and I think Lewis and Harold uh, is better fit to talk about this because this time around I am going to be the uh, the filthy casual who couldn't make it because of work. So uh, Harold and Lewis, uh, take us away. Uh, what 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 fun thing happened over the week? So, yeah, this past week, we were able to have our Loki watch party. So a lot of fun, a lot of, you know, a, a great little event that we threw uh, kind of last minute. We only have about, had about a week and change to kind of really pull it off. But, yeah, so this last week was, <coughs> excuse me, uh, was the debut of Loki on Disney+. Plus. And in our infinite wisdom, I said, you know what, we should do a watch party. Things are slowly opening back up again. Uh, the comic book store that hosted our Mandalorian watch party years ago, two years ago, actually, um, was kind enough and gracious enough to say, hey, let's do it again. Like I said, things are opening back up. Uh, the the numbers in California and especially in Los Angeles are skewing towards the right direction. So maybe it's time to get together under one roof and do stuff that we've been wanting to do for this last year. So, yeah, the watch party happened. Uh, lots of fun, I thought. And um, it happened. So what do you what? How do you think uh, things went yesterday, dude? Or, yeah, at the watch party, H. For our listeners, right. just so you know, that's the insight we got. It happened. It happened. Yes. <laughs> it happened. We were there. And it was a thing. Now, um, first of all, props to Lewis. Because as much as trash as Dennis and I give him for uh, not contributing at all. Like, well, like the levels if of country. If it's not true, Harold. Yeah, it's true. No, trash tra- tra- is... Okay. Okay, okay, let's not take, say, we'll not take it that far. But like, uh, you know, say if we're doing a contribution graph here for the uh, the pod and, you know, Dennis is like at a 10, I'm like at a eight and a half, almost a nine, and Lewis would be uh, not present. So, you know- Lewis would be Kurza. Kurza's <laughs> <laughs> just done a lot for us, but- um. Speaking of which, thank you, Krish, again, for, uh, as usual, supporting the cast because you are a pretty big part of it, and she was there last night. But um, Lewis pretty much took everything in, uh, took control of everything. Um, I was there just to help, you know, facilitate with anything else. But literally, I was just like, as someone who's done events planning and as someone who uh, knows when people are doing fine by their own. I was like, dude, I'm just going to let Lou just run with this because he's doing such a great job. Like he was able to secure the premises for us. Um, talk to the guys that own the business and like, yeah, let's, let's um, collaborate together and um, set up for future events with this kind of deal. And uh, pretty much, uh, you know, uh, act as the host. I was there just in support of Lewis um, and anybody else who had any questions about what the hell we were doing over there. And we had a, like for, a week's notice that turnout was pretty spectacular like and um we had press from meet the 818 over there um we had uh some of the comic book stores patrons come out and hang out and they were like talking to me and they were introducing themselves and be like why are you guys doing this and i told them about our podcast and i was like you know what it's just we're not ex- we we all know that we're not experts at everything but we are pretty good at you know uh knowing a lot of different things and so they were like yeah it's more relatable that way and then 
uh, you know, how comic book uh, patrons are for the most time. They were like, yeah, so what do you expect from this episode to be? And then they went into like deep, really deep cuts. And I was just like, I expect it to be in focus and have great sound. <laughs> and I expect that's, Tom Hiddleston to do a great job. That's the insight so we always give. <laughs> yeah, it was literally like the like you know we talk about the lowest hanging fruit. I was just like looking around the comic books behind people. I'd be like, yeah, so maybe this character will show up. Because <laughs> I was just you know throwing out names, seeing if it'll stick to the thing. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it was it was a uh, it, it was we did the the store did a great job. Lou did a great job. Uh, everybody getting there um, safely. It, that's the thing that was most interesting to me was we treated it like a movie theater that we would be attending currently in pandemic form where everybody was wearing their masks unless you're eating, unless you're, um, you know, drinking anything. But for the most part, people being respectful and like, you know, trying to focus on the show itself and, you know, people reacting uh, uh, at appropriate times, nobody uh, getting out of line and anything. And it's just getting that many people to come out for an event for us. And we had people... Like one of our fans from San Gabriel Valley came out. That's a far drive on a weekday, dude. And, you know, props to Erica. Thank you, Erica, for showing your support for our uh, product as usual. And overall, I think everybody had a great time. So, and uh, one of the fun things is like we're trying to do the synergy with the comic book store. So after the show was done, we were just hanging out. And for the first time, my nephew bought a comic book. Ironically, a Scooby Doo comic book. Oh, you're right. He did get a Scooby-Doo comic book. I and, wonder what Velma is in that comic book. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was just it was just fun because, you know, like I, I talked about before, uh, my sister and my brother-in-law aren't too much into the nerdy stuff like we are. And they were like, dude, look at him. He's like focused and he's like interested in the stuff. And I was like, oh, God, is this? Is, and actually, he was looking for you, Den, because he had a lot of questions about table games that's right and me, that's right and both me and lou were like you know who'd be perfect to answer all you these know who loves questions. magic <laughs> he lives not too far from me and he is your <laughs> sister's godparent so maybe you should ask him <laughs> so if he has questions about magic the gathering and pokemon um we're sending him over to you yeah Sorry. there you go yeah. like like you said we we all have our niche things and it turns out mine is the one that requires buying stuff yeah, it's the one that appeals to uh, middle schoolers. So there you go. Yeah, yeah he, he, wanted, he wanted to pl- he wanted to play me in Street Fighter, but I told him it's not fair because Mercy <laughs> is for the weak, and I don't show Mercy to anybody in video games. So it's like, oh, except, except for Lewis. I was gonna say I thought Mercy was for the weak and for Lewis. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said Mercy is for the weak. <laughs> no, no, no. Hope is. You for should Lewis. just wave me over there. <laughs> thirds, thirds are for Lewis. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, dude, thank you very much, H. Uh, I appreciate the kind words. I really did. Like, um, I, I what to call it? Um, yeah, a lot of thanks goes to the comic book store. Obviously, Julio. I, uh, I'm gonna tag them on this when we post it. But like, Julio, the store owner, AJ. Um, Alden, who helped us, um, you know, I think his name uh, is Aiden. Aiden, Jesus, Aiden uh, helped us uh, kind of uh, fix the fix the venue to to be what it is. Um, the wives, actually, so shout out to the, uh, 
Mrs. Dennis and my wife as well for coming early and helping set up and getting the banner there. So like Dennis, even though he wasn't there, he was able to us uh, or you know he, we're we're starting these these live events or like these hangouts and these pop ups and watch parties. So uh, yeah, we have a great banner. It's like six feet wide. It looks great. It looks it looks great on pictures so yeah and then like the, uh, Harold already mentioned thanks to the friends who drove all the way from San Gabriel we have two a, a couple who drove out from Ventura County um, and from all over the valley so it's like it was great to see people again it was hilarious though because there were some awkward moments of like some of our friends you know uh, haven't had a chance to go out yet and you know and you know they haven't had a chance to like book a theater like that like harold has so when we saw them for the first time at the watch party they're like wait do we do we do we give high fives do we hug do we just wave it was like i don't know whatever you're comfortable with so yeah besides that awkwardness i love that yeah like things are are opening back up again and this was a great uh, great avenue for it i think that's the beauty of these you know the this last year obviously there's been a lot of push towards streaming movies and streaming shows and that kind of stuff so excuse me, this is definitely going to be something that we're going to keep doing. You know, this is, uh, uh, hopefully, you know, if you're listening to this, Dennis and Harold, uh, again, have been working on like some merchandise ideas some stuff that we can possibly sell. Um, this, uh, you know, I'm going to make a bold statement and say that these watch parties are going to be free for the future, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to have merchandise at the next few watch parties. So look out for those. So Dennis and Harold have been working on stickers, uh, you know, visuals that might end up on t-shirts, on caps, whatever it is that we can do. But like, yeah, the watch parties themselves, they'll be free. Like, come on out. All, 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 it, all it costs is uh, the price of gas and, uh, you know, a couple hours out of the evening. So we're looking forward to doing more. Sounds good. Um, what's the uh, what's the plan now? Like, um, what could be the, the next possible watch a party or a, a situation where we're going to be able to get together well to be honest like as soon as the venue wrapped and everybody went home safely the owner of the store texted me right away and said let's do the finale so for sure the loki finale in six weeks i had to look it up there are only six episodes to the show so in six weeks from today like we wants to do it again and you know what uh shout out to revenant social who whipped us up a awesome uh, poster image. Uh, we'll be whipping up a new one for the finale party. Um, I got some ideas for that one too. We we might. Uh, I'm thinking we're gonna do like a trivia game before the before the watch party. We get we had one door prize at yesterday's event. Uh, we're gonna do more. We want to see our friends. We want to see our fans. We want to see fellow nerds come out and enjoy. Um, and just like Harold said, like seeing his nephew smile at the comic book store, seeing our friends being out and about, and a handful of them said like, dude, I have. Oh, uh, like two of them, are, uh, a couple of our friends live in the area. They said, I pass by this store all the time and I've never been inside. And this is great. And, you know, uh, like I said, other friends have never, like their kids. Like we, we thankfully had a, a good handful of kids who showed up who said, like, I love this stuff. This is great. And that's great. I mean, as, as adults, you know, this is kind of like how we are, I guess, we're kind of promoting the culture. You know, it's, it's tough to, 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 to take kids out to the comic book store, to the arcades, to the game shops and whatnot. But, you know, this is a great uh, avenue to kind of get all, all that stuff. So, yeah, hopefully uh, Loki finale in a few weeks and then maybe the Hawkeye show when that comes out in a few months. That's uh, that's the plan. No, oh, sounds good. And speaking of the uh, Loki uh, uh, um, ser- uh, series um, opening, uh, what's the word? Uh, 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 premiere. premiere. 
Um, I think yeah. that's going to be our last topic for today. I mean, I think all both of you, of course, had an opportunity to watch it during the premiere, uh, during the watch party. I was able to do it uh, during some free time today. So um, I think we can uh, actually talk about uh, the Loki, um, you know, uh, premiere as our main subject for today. So um, let's start with um, uh, impressions, you know, uh, with, like without going into spoilers. Uh, what was your impressions? Good, bad? Um, uh, what you what what you were expecting? What uh, especially considering uh, we had a tremendous time watching Wandavision and uh, um, a Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, you know how did this first episode rank compared to everybody else? HR. He's taking a puff, so I'll go ahead. Um, I, no, I was waiting for you as usual. <laughs> oh, my bad. Um, I liked it. I liked it. It was different. I'm glad, Dennis, you brought up the fact that this is the third series on Disney+. Plus. I like that three, three out of three has all been thematically different. So I kind of dig it. And it's good in, a, it, it's good in itself, but it's, I'm glad that it's like a different show. Um, I you know, in a different, uh, obviously this is a different universe, but I guess that's one of my concerns when they start doing the Ahsoka Tano live action show or the, uh, the, the, um, the Boba Fett uh, show on, uh, for, on the Star Wars side of Disney Plus is that it's going to feel or look the same as the Mandalorian. So far, you know, obviously uh, WandaVision was totally different. It was retro. It was like a weird magic thing. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier was a lot more straightforward action and espionage. And this one looks like just quirky, weird goodness. There hasn't, like, the fights were great, but like having Tom Hiddleston front and center in the show has been great so far. So I love uh, it's It's been a great first episode. I mean, for the first 45 minutes of it. So yeah, I, I thought it was really good. I, um, I like that it's um... no good then. <laughs> just the uh, I, I Lewis brought up a big a, a good point where um, yeah, all the shows seem so far seem thematically different, but at the same time, they're very familiar to the MCU audience. Like if you if you uh, were a fan of you know the Captain America movies, you obviously were uh, you can get pretty invested uh, into the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. If you were a fan of uh, just quirkiness in general, like Lewis has mentioned, uh, you could be a big fan of WandaVision. This one, I think, sticks more to the MCU universe uh, in terms of uh, going forward for the rest of the Marvel universe. Like, because um, Loki was a main character in several Marvel movies, whereas, you know, like we mentioned before, the previous. Uh, TV series had taken side, uh, like side characters and made them the new focus. But we have the main villain of two, uh, pretty much three, uh, Marvel movies, and one being the one of the biggest Marvel movies of all time in Avengers. And we're seeing things from his perspective for once. And it's like, um, it, you, I think I read somewhere that there's a good point that the version of Loki we're seeing now is the 2012 version of Loki, where not is, you know, him in the future, where he's learned to, you know, um, be more agreeable to working alongside his brother or seeing that a lot of the things that he's done have been mistakes and now he needs to atone for them. This is the version of Loki that was literally minutes ago 
trying to destroy New York City and now um, has to amend for that folly. And where you literally were like, when they question him and say, you know, what have you done right? Or what's the stance that you've taken in life? It's like, yeah, I've done this all for power. And now you see the consequences of trying to get that power. So it's like an interesting take. I like that they're using, um, I, it's so great that, you know, Tom Hiddleston came on, came aboard and was like, yeah, let's, let's do this. And let's, let's create a, a completely different version of Loki than anyone's ever seen before. It's interesting uh, and, and good points uh, all around here. But um, for me, I have to tell you, um, it was really jarring. Um, and, you know, I, I, I want to say that I liked it. I want to say that it fit the MCU. But f- for me, Owen Wilson was just too much <laughs> Owen, Wilson Owen Wilson for me. Um, because, like, I mean, if, if you think about it, when when you watched... Uh, you know, when I watched um, Winter Soldier, um, when I watched um, Captain America, um, you know, um, the, the, um, you you had you know really big name actors playing, and it, it they never took me uh, out of the movie. You know, in uh, uh, Captain America, you you just see you just see. The, the the general and I I never saw at least for me it 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 it, it was not jarring for me to see the general and, and for me it was just you're the general and or when, during Winter Soldier yeah you're you're um you're you're the villain I'm okay with that but this time around um seeing Owen Wilson playing you know I mean even with the weird um even the weird with the weird like hairdo that he had it's he's still playing his same character like he you know i i partially expected him and loki to crash a wedding or something you know um and it would it, it would have still been it would still been um, uh, okay with me um so i i think that's the one thing that i have to tell you that i liked it but it just Every time, and there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of Owen Wilson. Every was time he was there, he, uh, he would take me out of the uh, the 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 the, the, epi- the or or the storyline, the show. I think that's what's uh, interesting about the Owen Wilson, you know, just Owen Wilson in general, is that no matter what he's doing, he's playing Owen Wilson. It's like Vince yeah. Vaughn, and you know, when Vince Vaughn is doing, no matter what Vince Vaughn is doing, he's still Vince Vaughn. He's Vaughning it up, you know. Owen Wilson so distinct of a face and a voice that you can't help but imagine him doing some kind of it's got to be even when he was doing like you know dramas and everything it's like he's gonna crack a joke somewhere here right he's gonna say wow like when (laughs) like when when marley was sick oh sorry spoiler alert but like you know he didn't even he didn't even like want to think too much about the dog because you're like well it's owen wilson's dog so you know it can't be that bad he's probably gonna tell a joke or something uh characters like that it's always tough to like cast so it's like he you know everybody like that like eventually those kinds of guys are going to end up being in mcu movies because it just seems that's what's you know there's nobody else left to cast nowadays because yeah. pretty much everybody's been in it so it's like yeah we're gonna move into those like the they call them the frat pack you know jack black eventually is going to find his way into one of these things and we're going to be oh, like, God. he, but we're going to appreciate it because Jack Black, yeah. but at the same no. time. No, 
No, I think Owen Wilson. I'm still there. I'm still. I'm not like getting. I'm not like throwing. Uh, I'm not like turning it off. But if Jack Black becomes like, I, I don't know, like uh, uh, some sort of character, I think I'd be like, that's it. Jump the shark at that point. He will be um, the voice of the Silver Surfer, dude. <laughs> no, Keanu Reeves is going to be the voice of the Silver Surfer. That would be great. No, no. Fine. What if Jack, Jack Black would Black... be the voice of Galactus? <laughs> no, no. Jack Black is going to be the thing. <laughs> yes, dude. That's it. <laughs> oh, my God. Stunt casting at its best. At its there finest. Yeah. <laughs> if, if there's anybody here related to Disney that's listening, hire hey. us, please. You're welcome. <laughs> Okay, so let's go into a little bit of details. Um, what were some things that you really liked, um, or maybe the opposite, maybe something that you didn't like? Um, you know, and, and of course, uh, from this point on, uh, on spoiler alert, uh, we are going to be talking about uh, very specific things um, that uh, that uh, that might not go. Oh crap! I completely forgot about it. Should we do? What it? happened? Should we do what? Should we do it? Lewis should do it. Dosimo. He, should, he wants do to it? do it. He wants to do it. I'm talking. Lewis, are we? Are, are you doing it? I think we're ready. Okay. So for our uh, audience listeners, and yes, I'm pretending like this is the first time you guys have heard of this. Uh, we are going to be doing a segment called "Lose View," not yeah, "Lose Views." Per per per. Per 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 per. And basically, this is how this is where Lewis has. I think a minute and a half last time, but so I, I, I'm I'm going to give you a little he bit did. time. I think he left did less than two minutes, yeah. Yeah, that's why it was a minute around a minute and a half. So we're going to go two minutes. Uh, Lewis has two minutes to wrap up what the storyline was about. <laughs> so here we go, Lewis. Um, lose views per 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 for Loki on Disney Plus. So the story of Loki is about the God of Mischief literally seconds after the events of Avengers Endgame. So from there, we saw that Loki grabs the Tesseract and escapes from his captors. And he falls into a the Gobi Desert or somewhere like that. And um, so it, after he, I guess, um, uh, branches off from that timeline. The new mysterious agency, the TVA, the Time Variance Authority, captures him. This is a totally brand new agency, not unlike Shield, I guess, but with a lot more power. So they were able to pluck him out of that timeline and arrested him and put him on charges of crimes against the timeline. So this show introduced us in literally like a two, three minute segment, uh, introduces to huge concepts that have. Uh, we can talk about it later, but huge ramifications for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, talking about multiverses and uh, time wars and all of these other things that um, could conflict would happen in the future. So they introduced that, and we're also introduced to Agent Mobius, played by Owen Wilson. So Agent Mobius is, I guess, going to be Loki's foil in this show. And he and Loki, while incarcerated, they have a, lot, a huge heart-to-heart. Like Harold already mentioned, uh, Loki has a weird introspective. Because this is, uh, remember, this is the Loki before the events of Thor Ragnarok. So he is still the guy who was trying to freaking take over New York and take over the world. Uh, from the first Avengers movie um, you, uh, th- through some very interesting heart to heart moments and a very sad montage reel. Loki realizes that his life was being wasted away, or I'm assuming this is a wasting away. And he is recruited by the TVA to basically hunt down 
dun, 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 a variant of himself. So I guess our big bad for the show is going to be Loki as well. Um, they did not show their face at the end of the show. So I guess we're going to be, we're left in mystery of who's going to be this version or which version of Loki everybody's going to be chasing after. So that's it. Burp, 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 lose views for episode one of Loki only on Disney plus. Oh, so close. Two minutes, oh, four seconds. Two more seconds. Uh, pretty darn I paused. Good. I paused for air. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's that's what you shouldn't breathe. Um, yeah, and, 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 and thanks for that recap, Lou. Uh, yeah, I'm, one of the things I'm really excited about is that, um, j- you know, j- just like it was Agatha all along, um, it turns out that the Hulk, Tony Stark and every single person in the uh, in the Avengers had no idea of anything about uh, uh, time travel because they were like, oh, time travel is not like uh, uh, time travel is not like Back to the Future. It turns out it is. It is exactly <laughs> like Back to the Future, um, except uh, except uh, uh, the TVA would have arrested Doc Brown and Marty McFly immediately and reset the damn timeline. So um, you know, uh, so, point, yes, they're right, but at the same time, um, it's a great uh, it's a it's a great introduction, um, and it's interesting. You know, the other thing I really like is just how. Um, one of the things that uh, that uh, that Loki had to kind of accept is that after living his whole life, however long he's lived, thinking that he's all that and a bag of chips, uh, he is nothing. You know, um, the the fact that the Tesseract and like the, that drawer where that that one guy opens up and is like, oh look, it's the uh, Infinity Gems, you know, or Infinity so whatever we're calling it. Oh, people use it as paperweights here. Like the fact that we think in the MCU everything is like, oh, you know, everything is done, everything is um, so powerful, everything is amazing. It turns out MCU is deadly compared to what's happening in real life. So that's that's a really interesting concept for me. Um, I thought it was um, the them basically saying that there are different uh, timelines and that they're all going to somehow converge and uh, you know uh, fix itself because the TVA that's what they're supposed to do. Um, that's a great. Um, mechanism for a show in terms of like it's like time travel has been casually thrown around so much in the mcu that we never even really think about it unless you know uh we talk about how in endgame they were like okay we're actually doing time travel here but um like you, you like you said the consequences had never been explicit they'd never been like like at the end of endgame when they when you know steve goes back and basically, you know, lives a brand new life according to him, or, you know, that he decides that he wants to do because that's what he's always wanted to do. Like, does Captain America somehow end up having to be, uh, you know, taken to judgment by the TVA? And No, because uh, that's I, what he was supposed to do. What was it? Well, that's, that's, what's that's so what funny is like, you can always ask, was it here? <laughs> That's uh, true. That's true. But uh, we but never at know. Least, like, uh, at least the way I I, tra- I translated it, as long as it happens, it's what it was supposed to be, which makes um, Doctor Strange's um, like uh, looking into the multiverse seem so 
dumb and irrelevant now. Because it was always bound to happen. Yeah. Huh. That's 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 so crazy that you've ruined that moment of him holding up his finger. Because <laughs> it was gonna happen no matter what. Yeah. Maybe Owen Wilson should have popped his head and was like, "No, you're good. You're good." <laughs> He's like, "Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Whatever happens, happens, guys. You guys got this." Yeah. But well, you know, it's happen, funny. It's Go ahead, H. I, no, I just don't think it's funny that like in the in the land of the TVA or wherever they what do they call their um their home base and whatnot, um, there's still Filipinos doing customer service. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> No, my favorite part is the fact that the guy got straight up called, oh, you're a bureaucrat, and he's Filipino. I'm like, hey, man, I'm right. I'm in the room. <laughs> like, yay, my, my, my skills are needed in every timeline. I, too, can hold stuff up in red tape and ruin everybody's day. But um, so yeah, I, dude, like, I, I tell me if you open your desk, you're going to see uh, the Tesseract there as well? <laughs> Probably. Exactly. He's using I'm, it as a paperweight. <laughs> No, actually, you know what, Dan? If you open up his desk, you'll find a jade frog. (laughs) (laughs) Really inside joke. Sorry, guys. You know, one other person will get that. Thanks, DM Joel. But anyway, uh, I I don't know where where we... uh, Oh, so uh, in regards to... Yeah, I think that's... So uh, the things that I like, I love the aesthetic. I love that it's kind of like, I, I know they did the retro thing already for WandaVision, but this is obviously a totally different kind of retro uh, uh, retro aesthetic for the show. Um, I know, or at least I'm assuming they're going to be jumping out, around through time, but just the TVA's offices, it's kind of cool like that. It, I, like, it, it's going to be a, a fun aesthetic. Um, the only other part, I guess, that I really, not that I didn't care for it, but I know as the fact, like, uh, we've done, like, time travel episodes, which ironically has disappeared in time. But, like, the whole time travel aspect of this thing is going to get messy. I can already assume it. Um, I'm not in as many chats as Harold, but the two or the other uh, nerdy chats that I have with my brother and some other nerdy friends, it's like, well, if the timeline is like this, then da 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 I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I don't. I hate this because I love it, but I hate it because it's like it does make you think, and it's it makes a uh, writer's lives a lot harder, I guess. But at the end of it, I think hopefully I trust in Marvel to tell a really solid, good story. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be a wonderful like character introspective for Loki, kind of how like they did for Wanda in WandaVision and for you know and the character progression for Falcon and in his show so this this will be like a, a fun ride i'm sure it's gonna be and there's gonna be questions but i'm gonna be that guy who's just gonna stay a wizard did it and just enjoy it how about you h anything you want to add I, I like like um it's just so interesting to me in the fact that we've had dozens of literally dozens of mcu movies and that there's still new avenues for them to explore with new characters and different ways of taking these characters. So it's like props to them to being like, we're full on just going to abuse as many properties as possible and you're all going to like them. So it's like good for them. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's renewing a property and at the same time creating new opportunities for other people's in those properties. So, yeah. 
So uh, before we uh, we end this, um, since we are planning on coming back in, in six weeks um, and we are planning on uh, doing a, another showing, I think it would be interesting. Where do you think this is heading to? Um, you know, it's 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 always seemed like every single ep- every single one um, MCU show we've seen, so WandaVision leads us to uh, a Doctor uh, a Doctor Strange to um, Winter Soldier and uh, um, Winter uh, Winter Falcon. We'll call it Winter Falcon. <laughs> Winter Falcon le- leads us to Captain America. Um, you know where do, where is this leading us to? Um, you know, is is Loki going to be um, a, a main character, or is is he the main character, or are we looking at you know possibly maybe Mephisto, since there's that scene where it is the devil is the one who's supposed to be responsible for this? Is that what we're looking at here? That's some great questions. I, I for me, I think we're looking at the end of the Loki character, like. This like like the timeline has stated like it's inevitable he's gonna die to Thanos like there's nothing around like going around that fact unless they're literally trying to be like the one person that's gonna be able to change the timeline is gonna be Loki but that would mess up the complete timeline for everybody else and you know it would destroy all that hard work that everybody's done eventually afterwards to kind of event like Thor avenging his death per se for the rest of that series and. Like like you said, you know, the other movies seem to be uh, or the other series are ramping up into the the inevitable uh, next uh, event. I think literally I just, that's I just believe that this is finally going to be the end of the Loki character and it will have nothing to do with Love and Thunder. The next Thor movie is just going to be like um, he'll be used as a reference and maybe a scene in flashbacks. But I think this is where we finally get to say goodbye to Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Interesting. That's a good point. It might be, yeah, because you're right. Then the first two shows kind of promoted both. You know, uh, you went from Wanda Maximoff to the Scarlet Witch, and like you said, Falcon became Captain America. Uh, yeah, I think I'm with Harold on this one. This might be a 180 in the sense that this is a goodbye to 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 Loki's character. Um, it would be bittersweet, super bittersweet, if the if the show ends right where Endgame began. Like if we, you know, for whatever reason, you know, or however way we find out that this Loki that goes through all the adventures in the next six episodes will be the one to go back and say like, I accept my fate, my fate, and I will, you know, I'll die at, uh, the way I'm supposed to. Um, but hopefully, yeah, there will be some redemption arc. And because uh, one of the, you know, so again, uh, we are in spoiler territory territory here. But you know, in that part of that flashback or the reel of his life when he saw his his stepmother die was one of the saddest moments of his life, and he feels responsible for it. So uh, part of me feels like it, maybe it'll be like a, a he'll have a moment of like. Uh, redemption maybe or at least another because at least Thor in, in 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 Endgame had his moment with his mom of saying goodbye so maybe you know hopefully Loki will have a moment like that too um, and actually you know what I, I'm gonna start no the more, more I think about it but maybe this I might actually just also be a promotion for Loki as well kind of like how uh, again Wanda became Scarlet, uh, Scarlet Witch and, and Falcon became Captain America maybe at the end of this whole show Loki upends the TVA and he becomes the like the time oh god what what are they guys the timekeeper 
you know, something like that. I think that'll be fine or maybe something like that. But yeah, that's just an idea. Um, I personally want it to be because it it seems like I technically one division didn't didn't turn out to be a good ending. Um, it was kind of sad and bittersweet. Um, Captain America was a was a positive ending. Uh, I I kind of want this to be uh, the, the opposite where uh, it ends up that um, you know we're we're looking for a redemption arc. Um, it would be amazing if Loki at the end you know, goes back to being the god of, you know, mischief, basically, um, and decides to lead to a new, um, uh, you know, um, uh, war of the um, of, of the uh, multiverse, multiverse, where it'll lead to, um, it might lead to uh, Doctor Strange and multiverse. Yeah. Um, I, I think it'd be amazing. I would hate, especially considering... Hey, I, I don't think we've said this. I loved uh, Tom Hiddleston's performance in this episode. I thought it was really strong. It would be a shame if we end his character um, after six episodes. I would rather be the opposite, where it's like, you know what? You think you had you you control me? You think you, you thought that um uh, you you knew where I was going? You know, here's the big f you. This is what I'm going to do. Everything's destroyed, <laughs> and that's where we see. The mutants come in. That's when we see the Eternals come in. That's when we see all of these things just because Loki uh, just messes up everything. That would be, I think, I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I think, I mean, uh, I don't mean to be spoilerish, but I think I read somewhere that Kevin Feige himself said that this show will have the biggest impact in the MCU in general. So, he wasn't specific about how that's going to happen, but yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of ways to interpret that kind of statement. But then again, these are the same people where uh, Paul Bettany said, there's going to be a great cameo and it's himself. Womp womp. So who knows? Maybe his definition of great impact is different from uh, what, what we think a great impact would be. No, uh, Paul Bettany said he's finally getting to work with an actor he's always wanted to work with. Oh, there you go. There you go. Just to be clear. <laughs> Himself, yes. Okay, well, um, it seems like we are pretty much about um, out of time. Um, you know, um, uh, let's go with our uh, with with our tried, but haven't uh, actually we haven't tried it yet. Um, our still in progress um, rating system. So the first one is the lowest one we can give, of course, is what again? El Terrible. Oh, El, El, no, you can't say that again. We, El Terrible. Um, uh, second one is Cromulent. El Terrible. Um, El Terrible. Thank you. Cromulent, which is, which is pretty good. Uh, it's okay. And last but not least is, I don't think we can use uh, the uh, Annie's, uh, Annie's <laughs> stuff there, uh, Lewis. Yeah, um, I, I don't think so either. <laughs> uh, I still don't I think know we should. I think I, we should call it the Winger Guarantee. The there you go. Ge- there you go. I like, I like it, it. I like that one. Okay, so where are this we? show gets the winger guarantee? Ooh, whoa, Ooh, that's bold. <laughs> no, no, Harold. that's the thing in general. In general, that's what I'm saying. That's that's how we would. That's how we would oh, label okay. it. For a second there, I thought Harold was already giving this a thumbs up. So here we go. Um, congratulations uh, for those people listening. We finally created our, uh, after three years of this crap, uh, we finally created, uh, uh, considering how many times we reviewed stuff, this is the first time we have it. So El Terrible, uh, Cromulent, 
And uh, last but not least is winger, the winger guarantee. So, Lewis, uh, where are you at? What are you rating the first episode of uh, of Loki here? Um, okay, I I feel like the winger guarantee is a really high standard, which unfortunately I don't think Loki's quite there yet. So I'm gonna say the first episode was cromulent. I thought it was good. Definitely have to watch it, but I'm not gonna start like you know, going up on the mountaintops and saying, this is the greatest show ever. So yeah, but still good, but not, you know, it, it didn't blow me away per se. Cool. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to say it is perfectly chromulent. Um, It is another one of those things where you need to know the backstory of the characters when you start out to appreciate everything else that's going to happen uh, eventually. So um, yeah, right now, it's perfectly chromulent. I would have I I was nearing because I really like the uh, performance of Tom Hiddleston uh because I like the the whole uh the twists of you know this you think you know everything about the MCU guess what you don't type thing um I I I would have been I was coming close to uh the winger guarantee but again the Owen Wilson effect um and, and don't get me wrong i love owen wilson i've i've loved every single uh, owen wilson i've i've watched owen wilson hell i've 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 watched you know uh, shanghai noon and uh shanghai nights uh you know all over and over and over again just because of owen wilson that's how much i love the guy but you, you know it's like it's like you're i'm eating um you know peanut butter sandwich and then there's a pickle in the middle of it it's like did this really need to be here? You know, it's, I'd still eat it, you know, because I'm hungry. But uh, did did it really need to be a pickle? Is my question. And uh, yes, so I'm you're talking saying about you, you didn't want to chew. Yeah, you didn't want to chew on his pickle. Okay, makes sense. Right. Fair enough. What if the okay. pickle was crooked though? <laughs> I mean. You know, kind of like the his, his schnoz, as long as it's, it's shaped like his schnoz, um, you know, we're we're good with the uh, with the pickle. Yes, yes I just made fun of. Well, I also have I, I also have another uh, another thing that we can use as a reference for pretty good. Mm. Wow. <laughs> well, that's, that's it for our, our episode, guys. Um, I truly hope you enjoyed it. Um, uh, you know, as usual, this is the quality and scope of what we do in our episode. Um, so if you liked it, um, you know, please take a listen to our all other uh, podcasts. You can find it uh, at the two fanboys one castle.podbean.com. Um, if you didn't like it, um, you could watch other podcasts, but you know, we need you and we would love you to be here with us. We're desperate. Yes. And Lewis, where, where else can you find us? You can find us on Facebook. Just type it in the search box, Two Fanboys, One Casual. It'll lead you to our, uh, our, our page, not to mention our pretty fun and active Facebook group where uh, like-minded nerds, geeks, gamers, and uh, you know, ne'er-do-wells hang out and share news, memes, and other good stuff about nerdom. Dude, you can't use that word, bro. Oh. <laughs> Ogre? Orc. Orc? That's their word. <laughs> That's their word, bro. 
And, and then on Instagram, Instagram and Twitter at two fanboys, one casual. And as usual, anywhere you can find your favorite podcast, we are there as well. And on Twitch, you can find us at casual fanboy gaming. So twitch.tv slash casual fanboy gaming. Awesome. Yeah, follow all of those, by the way, because Harold, thank you for putting a live stream of the event yesterday. So that was kind of fun. Um, yeah, my Instagram live feed got booted because I thought by not showing the show on the Instagram feed, we would be okay with it. But apparently just having the audio of Loki being heard was enough for uh, for, for Instagram to, to kick me off. So my bad. So if you were watching the live feed, uh, sorry, got uh, cut off. But yeah, that's that, them's the rules, I guess. You live and you learn. Wow. Well, okay. I know. Well, that's it for us today, guys. Um, see, I did, I did a thing. Um, that's it for us today. Hopefully you enjoyed our episode. This is Two Fanboys and a Filthy Casual, the uh, podcast that is pretty cromulent, but you don't, ha- you haven't given it a chance yet. Um, this is Dennis. This is Lewis. And this is Harold. See you guys next week. Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs>